Hello, this is Roger Bisbee from Skill Builder, and welcome to our wonderful new podcast. Well, we'll let you be the judge of that. But if you hear a few background noises in this, that's because it was recorded in the pub. And we won't make a habit of doing this, but it was a great opportunity for Robin and I to get together in a nice, cosy, warm place and have a chat. There are subjects which lend themselves to radio, if you like, which don't need the demonstrations that we do with all the tool tests and everything else. One of those that's very, very close to Robin's heart, if you like, is the subject, the really thorny subject of pricing jobs, because there's a lot of very, very competent tradesmen out there who really come unstuck because they end up working for nothing. They end up working for wages sometimes because... They're not good businessmen a lot of the time, and they just need a little bit of help. Now, I know you've got some real strong views on this whole subject. Yeah, I do. So, um, I've learned through experience. I've been in business since I was 18 years old, 48 now, do the maths yourself. And so I've only learned through painful experience. I've done everything that Roger said there. I've underpriced jobs. I've not priced a job properly. I've come unstuck. Um, and it's quite painful and anyone in the business will know if you if you start feeling like you're losing money on a job your interest goes and it's towards the end of the job and you want to get a finished job and all the rest of it and your clients start getting up uns- upset with you and all the rest of it it's just not a good place to be so what I'm going to tell you is a couple of little tips you can take away with you and these should help you in your everyday working life so in no order but what I'm going to tell you is this First of all, manage expectations. Now that can be as simple as answering your phone, okay? If you see a phone number and you think, oh, I don't want to talk to them now, pick the phone up, tell them you're too busy to talk now, but I'll ring you back later. That's the first step. The second step is, if you're not interested in the job, say, I'm so sorry, I'm not interested in the job, but maybe try me again in the future. So just start knocking out all the stuff that you don't really want to do. So you get to the point where you are interested in pricing the job. First things first, why are you pricing it? Are you pricing it because you're desperate or you're pricing it because it's what you enjoy doing? If you don't enjoy doing it, just don't bother pricing it if you can afford not to do the work. So you've found a job you want to do and you think, yeah, I really want to get this job. You're standing in front of the client. It could be a trade customer or it could be a member of the general public, which is what I have a lot of experience with, working with the general public. So what you need to do is you need to gauge them and you need to price condition them. So turn up on time if possible. See you know, see how the land lies. Is, it, does, the, does the person look tidy? If they're tidy, the chances are the bank balance will be tidy too. That's a great one. It's so true. The amount of times I've been to an untidy house and they've been terrible payers, right? So I know oh, there's, really? a to, yeah, there's a lot to be said right. for that. So you want the job, but and they, they're asking you all these questions. You're trying to make a few mental notes. They might say to you, oh, we want all the guttering done and, and fascia, and they're not explaining it. They're laymen. They really don't know what they're talking about. They, know, they think they know what they want, but they don't. So you're going to say to them, okay, price condition them at this point see the colour of their pupils and just say I've done a job very similar to this and it was X amount of pounds and see what their reaction is. If you get a reaction which is, okay, how long will it take you to get me a written estimate? Somehow you know they're interested at that price and then you can go home you can think that estimate through you think yep I know that they're interested around this price now you're going to list that work out nice and clearly remove old guttering cart away and dispose of put safe access up 
go and buy the new gutter well, and so on and so forth. And you're going to list out everything you're going to do for the money. Okay, now, now my, my experience is that I, I've always avoided giving them a price on, on the day. Yeah. Right? They say, well, how much, how much? And I say, I don't know. And they say, give us a ballpark figure. I say, I really yeah. don't want to give you a ballpark figure. Now, the reason that I've avoided it over the years is because when I give them a ballpark yeah. figure, that figure is in their head. Yeah. Now, if I go away and I think, oh, God, I forgot this, I forgot that, I've got to add this, yeah. and it ends up saying being 500 quid more, yeah. and I go back to them and say, you know that ballpark figure I gave you, £2,000? It's now 2500 yeah. And they go, oh, really? So I, I think it builds a little bit of disappointment sometimes. Well, I mean, I have the, I, I totally disagree with you on that one yeah. because um, I've, I've won jobs of two, three hundred thousand pounds based on price conditioning purely because you get a feel for your trade. Once you know your trade, if you're a chippy and you hang doors all day long, mm. you know how much you're worth, you know how much it costs yeah, to hang yeah. a door. Yeah, okay. yeah? And so it's very similar. If you're building extensions, you can look at something and just in the back of your mind, you've got a seventh sense you're thinking that's 45,000 quid that job the skill of it then is making sure you describe what you're going to do for that sort of money yeah yeah fair enough you can't you can't say it's 45 grand and by the way I'm going to throw your kitchen in because they haven't asked you about the kitchen <laughs> so you just give okay, it a price I understand I, 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 I do agree I mean you know the proof's in the pudding you've been successful goodness knows you've got plenty of work so you can't be doing anything wrong there so it must be right but but it's just for me I almost got this thing of like over the years when I priced a job and they come back and they say yeah we want you to do it and I think oh does that mean I'm the cheapest and I'm worried I'm worried until I do the job because I'm thinking, what have I forgotten? Why did I end up being the cheapest? So I moved away from that whole thing of pricing. In other words, somebody phoned me up and I say, you know, are you the plumber? And they say, how much? And as soon as I start that conversation with how much, I'm off. I don't want to know. So where did you get me from? How did you get me? You got me from a recommendation. Yeah. I did a job for a friend of yours. Now I'm in the, the I'm into it. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to them. Before that, if they're just phoning up to get three estimates, four estimates, some of them want five estimates, and I've got to waste my time going around every well, that's exactly of the week, that's exactly why jobs, that's exactly why when I'm face to face with someone and I have a chat with them. It's about relationships. If you yeah. feel comfortable with someone, that's a good start. Yeah. If the people, you know, have got, if you've been recommended to them, that's a good start. Or equally, if they've been recommended to you, that's Absolutely. a good start. Absolutely, you need that. And I really do think that the price conditioning is really, it saves a lot of time, it saves a lot of aggravation for them as well. And quite often, I've stood there face to face with someone, I said, this roof conversion is going to be 25 grand. And they said, we've had a price of 15. And I said, you need to have a look at what's involved for 15,000 because from my experience and you've seen what we do we could not do that job for 15,000 yeah, yeah. quid and then it puts um, most people I work for a professional or at least more professional than me that's why they can afford to have work done on their houses because they're lawyers or doctors or professionals people who bother to go to school unlike me yeah. so I do really think they appreciate that level of um, yeah yeah you know yeah, no it's good I mean as I say your, your method works for you but I think that the, the thing you overlook is that the people buy from people they like yeah? yeah so if they like you and they do tend to like you then they think this is a chap now you put all those things into the hands of somebody else who's a bit rough around the edges who goes in there and it's just like 
and they, they do your spiel if you like and they go and they go right I've done a similar job to this it's going to be 25,000 pounds and that's the only one I know so, and then it, that, none of that works does it because the, you've got you've got to somehow I know. chime in with the empathy I know, but, so, so but, being a salesman you're, but you're a, a mar- natural salesman there's a market there's a market for those guys and there's a market for people like me I've, I've been there and done that sort of stuff where you sort of go up look at a job say yep yeah, look all keen go away you're so busy you get a phone call in a week's time they say oh how are you getting on with my estimate yeah it's nearly done just got to type it up you haven't even yeah, started yeah, to look yeah. at it oh, no. and then a week goes by then you get a phone call how are you getting on yeah it's in the post and you haven't even put it in the post and that's a horrible place to be because yeah. you spend every day worrying about oh my god I should have done, done that if you you stand in front of someone you price condition them you use your experience if you know your subject you know how much things it's going to cost roughly okay I'm not saying you, you drop a you know drop a clanger by any standards that's not the name of the game the name of the game is this okay so let me let me tell you about simple pricing there's the way of time and materials okay so you've got to make an estimate of how long you think it's going to take to do something then you've got to allow variables what about the weather if you're working outside you need to have done a calculation if you're going to do 200 working days a year which is roughly what we get doing a five day week you're going to lose 25 days a year to bad weather at least if you're working outside so your your prices per day for the 175 that you work need to reflect those 25 you're not working mm. so you might think well uh, it's 200 200 pound a day but it's actually not it's 220 pound a day is what you should be charging because you need to be allowing mm. for those rainy days yeah. okay and also coming back to day work for example never get bogged down on day work if you can't because people clock watch when you're doing day work they think we own you from 8 o'clock till 5 o'clock we want to watch you for every minute that you're there doing that and now as a craftsman there's so many variables sometimes you've got to sit and think ponder think sharpen your tools fiddle in your van you've got to do this sort of stuff it's all part of getting the job done but to a client looking out the window thinking he's in his van again what's he doing when's he going to start nailing up a thing they haven't got a clue about what's going on and because they think they're owning you for the day on that money so what you're saying is don't do that I'm thinking that you should always always try to be on a price Mm. okay you should have a start and a finish yeah well you never yeah. make any money out of day work no. do you really not you, any not any profit as such you make wages yeah so you've got to say so I'm telling you basically how to price a job you're a bricklayer you're going to build a wall you know it's 3,000 bricks there's a few piers in it there's a bit of undulation it goes uphill here you think to yourself well it's 3,000 bricks I can lay 800 bricks in a day divide that that's four days okay four days times 200 800 pound there's no profit in it well that's just your wages you can go and work for someone for that what if it rains what if the client turns up and says actually I don't like the shade of bricks that you've got there we need to change them and talk, okay so there's you've lost a week before the bricks get changed over all of a sudden what are you going to fill your time with that week it's, it's, there's no margin for error you should be making a profit when you go to Sports Direct and you buy a t-shirt Mike Ashley wants to make 100% on that t-shirt and there's nothing wrong with that. You're a business. You're, you're there to make money. Well, I'm not saying you should be charging £400 a day because the industry doesn't command that. But what you should do on a price is say, I'm going to build that wall for you. I'm going to deliver it exactly how you want it to be. I'm, I know exactly what I'm doing. And I'm going to give you a price. That's one price you're going to pay whether it rains or not. I'm going to get that job done for you. 
and instead of charging them four days at 200 pounds you're going to talk them about how you're going to mix the mortar what you're going to use how you're going to lay the bricks how you're going to clean up after yourself how you're going to make sure all the rubbish is clear from the site all the things that the clients don't even think about all they can see is the finished brick wall but there's lots more that goes into it okay your organization time and you're going to talk that price up to something where a, a businessman would be and the client what's it worth to the client as well a new wall around their house they spent 500 grand on that house a wall around that house is worth a lot of money to them especially in their mind you've got to paint a picture although you're right 500 grand house fine you know you're dealing with a lot of people who are let's, let's face it city city guys they're multi-millionaires right so let's look at a guy working up in Rochdale and I only mention yeah. Rochdale just as an example not because anything about Rochdale but right. let's say they're not going to pay that money so the guy's saying look if I charge and I've had this with plasterers going if I charge any more than £130 a day I competition there's so many plasterers around here I'm not going to get any work yeah and all I'll say to that Roger is that they'll always be doing that all yeah. I'll say to you is that they need to aspire to think how can I make or how can I earn more money and what is it that I have to do what steps have I got to take in my working life to make sure I don't feel like I'm not earning enough money because I know carpenters who are pretty rubbish but they earn bloody good money because they're excellent salespeople. Mm. okay they are really good at selling themselves and the general public doesn't really know what's a good hung door or a bad hung door if it shuts and opens whereas I'll look at it and go God you can fit a 50p up there you can fit a penny down there and also this comes a really good point about you know demographics or areas and all the rest of it and the market rates and market Mm. forces so that's why people do travel okay that's why we've seen an influx of Eastern Europeans because they know that they can come here and earn minimum wage which is a fairly good wage in relation to what they're going to get back in Poland or something like that so what I'm saying is when I was an apprentice in 1988 I was working with a lot of guys from Liverpool they were travelling down on a Monday morning going back on a Friday night because there was no work in Liverpool and they were coming all the way down south so this is exactly what's happening so you just have to go where it is don't you I've been, I've been working up in Liverpool two years I spent working up in Liverpool I used to pass, I used to pass people on the motorway I think I wonder if they go down to London yeah, yeah. we can swap, yeah, 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 yeah. swap jobs no, so funny. no I do I do think though we, as, um, as you said at the beginning we're mm. crafts people not business people and I think that's really true but if you are self-employed like the majority of people are no one really wants to employ you in this industry because it's just easier to sort of say oh sorry it's easy yeah. come easy go yeah. what you need to do is think of yourself you've got to have a little goal you've got to think alright I'm earning 120 quid a day now but by the end of the year I want to be making 150 okay. and you've got to have little steps so what the first step is how am I going to do that well you're going to find different types of work what do you enjoy doing best you're going to try and look for that type of work how am I going to get that kind of work I like being mm. kitchens but I never get kitchens to fit have you ever walked into a kitchen showroom and said I'm a brilliant kitchen fitter and I'm available no you probably wait till the phone rings you need to go into the kitchen showroom mm. you need to make yourself available you need to say I've been fitting kitchens for the trade for all these years and now I'm available to help you. And they'll break your arm off. It's as simple as that. And you can't fit kitchens anyway, can you, with a broken arm? No. Well, if they break your arm off, obviously you need a friend. I interject here. We'll do a bit like question time here. We had a young lad contact us through Facebook and he's he's finding it hard to get a toe in in the industry. And he said he's being undercut. 
So it sounds like he's in a bit of a race to the bottom. What would you advise him? Um, I think it's a real problem. It has been a race to the bottom for the last 15 years, and the last five years have been pretty pretty hard. And why? Anyone, why is that? Why is it a race to the bottom? Because there's a lot of labour available out there, Roger. And also there's a lot of mean people who want to pay nothing for something. Yeah, and it really, really, really breaks my heart the fact these young guys trying to come into the industry now, 17, 18, you need to get the experience. But if you can't get the starts, you can't get the experience, and it just kills their confidence. Yeah, yeah. so for the guy who's trying to get a toe in, look, you need to network. You need to, you know, even if you've got some mates at the pub and some's a builder, you've got to say, Look, can I do a bit of weekend work? Have you got anything here? You've got to put yourself out there. You've got to try and offer your services. You might have to kiss a few frogs before you meet the odd prince, but that's all I can say you can do. It's a bit of a struggle. It's a really difficult industry, but a really rewarding one at the same time. My view of this, right, is that I, I used to talk to a lot of plumbers. I used to go around doing the Institute of Plumbing talks, and I'd say to guys, how many nights are you spending going out estimating pricing jobs? Four nights a week, some of them. That's, that's horrendous. After working all day long, they go out in the evening to price a job. How many of those jobs are you actually getting? One in four, right? So that means three nights a week they're going out for nothing, wasting their time doing well, this. So I'd say to them, if all you're trying to do is beat the price of the other guy that's walked in the door, you're wasting your time. And I wouldn't even begin on that. If you can't engage with that customer and start selling them something else other than price, 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 if there's not some way that you can say to them, what I'm going to do for you, and not slagging the other guys off, but just, just show them that there's something other than the money because a lot of the time people aren't picking the lowest price they're picking the middle price or they're saying do you know what I like that guy yeah. I think we're going to have him he's the most expensive yeah. but we're going to have him yeah. because he's saying something that resonates and I think I, I think that whole idea of just going in and just going oh, I'll see if I can beat the, the, the other guy's price is is that's what we talk about a race to the bottom well it? It, it used to be our building work was done it was you know you have, I'm having my house pebble dash you'd get someone round he'd go he's a pebble, local pebble dash and he'd go 350 quid love but she said, oh, I've had uh, Webster's down the road and they want 325. She says, I'll match it. Mm. And that's how it used to be. I went to one of these American business guru guys where he was giving a, a talk. Yeah. Very impressive. And he said, then it was to plumbers and so on, and he said, you'd be better off if you never saw 50% of your work. And they went, oh, and you could see it around everyone's gasp, you know, sharp intake of breath. And, you know. and he said, no, 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 come on, think about it, think about it. You know, you the more you thought, actually, yeah, that job I did, that I didn't actually make very much money out of that, that kept me from doing another job that, you know, the phone rang and I had to turn down a better job. So there is something to be said for absolutely just turning away. And, and that, when you start out, that's really hard to do isn't it I used to go up to every single job when the phone rang I was out there regardless you know after a while you get confident enough to say I don't want to do that that's not for me I'm not going to make any money out of it and, and your point you said to me some time ago I remember this you said to me right the first thing I ask how am I going to make money out of it yeah, yeah? and that, that's fantastic because that really stuck with me I thought that's, that's the thing I ask in the end I do the job yeah. and then I think right how am I going to make money yeah. too late too bloody late yeah you really do and you need to focus on that so you need to sort of as I said to you before you need to see the colour of people's eyes you need to say I feel that this project could be worth X amount of pounds yeah. and then you need to if, when they show some interest you need to go 
railway, you need to do a really detailed estimate stroke specification of exactly what your interpretation of their information, whether it's verbal, whether it's from drawings, you're going to write all that down, and then you're going to come up with another figure, and the figure is going to reflect your work that you put into it. And if you do it on a spreadsheet, you can list it all out in the spreadsheet. The next thing you do, by the side there, you have a simple add-up column, and you go through every single bit of job, you think, okay, 60 pounds, To show them that spreadsheet? Or you could table that spreadsheet, but generally speaking, I never table a spreadsheet, because that's my figures, because yeah, okay. when you table a yeah. spreadsheet, someone might turn around and go, well, just remove that item and this item, and what they don't realise is, you've priced oh, it know, as a yeah. job going through. Yeah, so yeah. you take out that item, actually, you're not taking out, that item's going to affect that and that and that, it's going to put the price up of this and this and this, it's just too complicated for the clients. Okay, so that's fair enough. Yeah. You've got a spreadsheet, you've listed it out, you've got a column which is adding up, you come to the bottom, and you've got your core costs, mm. and then you've got to think to yourself, okay, what about if he tells me in six months he wants me to do the work? How will the prices have changed? So you need to explain to the client that this is valid for two or three months, and that mm. needs to reflect the fact that prices, materials, and labour yeah, yeah, go up. Yeah. You've also got to look at your prices and think to yourself, is there any margin on that for my error? You yeah. know, what if I do yeah, yeah, have an issue? Up, yeah. So. In a, a in, in a separate column, you could add a percentage, or you could put like five percent. They would call that sod's law. Yeah, margin for error, and you could also put in some profit, for example, if yeah. you think well, yeah. these prices are my sort of labour and material core prices. But I really would love to earn ten percent profit. So you've gone on from you've done your schedule, you've tabled that to the client, you've given him a total cost. And you've, you've, you've now probably comes to a little bit more than you might have said initially, but he was expecting that because how can anybody stand there and look at something and realise exactly well, what yeah, it's going to cost? Okay? That's why I don't say anything. That's why I say I'm going to go away and consider it. But you, but by 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 standing in front of the guy, by giving him a figure, you're seeing the colour of his eyes. If he straight away goes, forget about it, you think, oh, well, I thought it was worth that. So actually, I'm not wasting my time. Okay, no problem. Um, thanks so much for seeing me. It's been really nice meeting you move on to the next job yeah? Yeah, yeah instead of going away and then doing exactly what I'm talking about spending three or four weeks of spare time trying to come up with a price oh, it's horrible it's horrible and then in turn around and say you're way out mate and what does he know that you're way out you've just gone to the trouble do you know what that's the one that makes me laugh is the one I've been in and um, say, say it was a bathroom I'm doing you know, and I've gone in there I said right it's going to be 15 grand you go oh that's a lot more than I thought so what would you think I, said, oh, I thought it was going to be 10 based on what Yeah. based on the fact that that's all you wanted to yeah. pay but they wanted well, to that's borrow, what yeah. your friend has paid yeah. down the road but it's not based on anything no. at all and, and that that's incredible to shift people off that thing of like they've just got a wish thing I wish I could get a bath and done for 10 grand exactly so, so one of my next golden rules or golden tips to anybody is you, you tell them exactly what you're going to do and then you tell them what you aren't going to do you might think, well, what do you mean what I'm not going to do? So in, in our industry, there's lots of associated work. So, for example, if someone was hiring my labour to build a roof structure, I will tell them that I'm going to build the roof structure for them. I'll also tell them I'm not going to insulate it. I'm not going to put roof coverings of any sort on it. I'm not going to supply any scaffolding of any sort. God, you're a miserable git, aren't you? And because, <laughs> because I've learned from experience that I've priced the roof, I've dr- I said, we're ready for you. I've, dro- I've driven up and there's no scaffolding there. And I say, well, the scaffold's not up. They say, well, well I thought you'd supply that. Oh, no, no, we don't supply that. And then straight away, 
they're unhappy. Because you know what building a roof is, but they don't know what building a roof is. So you've got to tell them what you're not going to do. And you've got to tell them nicely. So you say, this is what I'm, this is the information you give me, this is what I'm going to do. It's different if they said, oh, and also include for the bathrooms, and include for the tiling. Then you've got to go back to them and say, what exactly do you want in the bathrooms? Because if you price the bathroom and you think, oh, I think they'd like this and this and this, forget it. You're never going to get it right. They're always going to want something different. Unless they're a clone of yourself, of course, which is quite unusual. Oh, so I've then, seen a few around, mate. So you've got you've, you've you've established your specification or your estimate, your list of works. You've established what you're not going to do, so you're clear about where you finish. Yeah. Okay. You've also said to them half past four. I'm going to need to be paid as I go along. I'm going to need a little bit of material money up front potentially, and then I would like to be paid weekly. To which they say, weekly? I thought you'd want to do it in stage payments. Well, that's great if you can afford to bankroll someone's building work. The chances are you can't. You've got to be paid weekly. You just say, I'm going to tell you on a Tuesday what you need to pay me by Friday. So here's my invoice or here's my note. Here's my bank account details. And then you expect to see it on the bank on Friday. If they don't pay you in the bank on Friday, then you've got to realise that they're probably not going to carry on paying on time in the future. Most of your bills coming out, you've got to pay. maybe you've got a few helpers and you've got to pay them weekly as well. So the last thing you want to do is start bankrolling work because it gives you a bit, a bit of uncomfort. You might have to use an overdraft facility, which is expensive, and you've got the bank breathing down your neck. So it's really good to keep those invoices going out weekly. On a Tuesday, get paid. Good point because they do say that stage payment thing has always been a bit that's got me. Was they say if you get the first payment fast, you never get the last. Yeah, you know? I just and they always sucker you by giving you that first payment. You know, all these yeah, people are good payers, aren't yeah. they? And then somehow oh, when yeah. you get to the last no. one, it's all those snaggings yeah, and they just keep finding reasons yeah. for not paying you. What I find is it keeps people very focused on the job in hand when they're paying weekly because if you've got an issue or a problem they're more likely to respond to it because it might yeah. have an impact on the price. And yeah. because what you also do, let's say you are doing a little work, you're a decorator, say, and you're painting in a room and some of the wall just starts falling off. It's got to be replastered. And you've you've tried to contact him on his phone and you think, oh, um, you really need to talk to him and say, look, we do need to get a plaster here. It's going to cost you £180 for his day's money. And we need to get, and can you, is that okay with you? And, he's, and you haven't had the conversation but you've called your plasterer mate anyway he's come in and done it and the guy said well I know a plasterer and you, you didn't need to do that I'm not paying you for it you know it's things like that so point is you need to get those little extras agreed so you can have good communication with your clients say I may need to talk to you at any time if there's a problem because otherwise I might have to stop and if I have to stop you've got to pay me for standing around hmm. yeah so anyway so you, you add those extras on if there's an extra and that goes on that week's money all right, so it's not on a total, you add it onto that week's money. And you generally find it works really well. And if someone's not prepared to pay you weekly and you're prepared to work there every single day of the week, I don't think that's fair. Yeah? No, no. You're asking I mean, them to do is make one bank transaction. Absolutely. Yeah, okay, I don't a think lot it's fair. If you're prepared to give 50 hours a week, why can't they give you 15 minutes to make a payment here? Mm. No, no, yeah. no, absolutely. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. I, I found that very interesting. Obviously, I've talked to you before about these subjects, so it's not all new to me, but every time there's a little bit of a change in what you're saying. There's something else, almost like you're building on your experience over the years. Yeah. Now, if you had a son, yeah. 
Would you be encouraging your son to go into the building industry? It's a really, really interesting question. In the right format, I would. So, for example, if it was the right trade, if he was going to be an electrician, for example, because the electrical works is much more regulated, the colleges are still training really well, and the conditions of work are generally better. You're not outside all the time, are you? You're only out doing the outside lights once a week if you're lucky or something like that. Carpentry, possibly. Bricklaying, definitely not. Tough industry. But mm, it's a difficult one. It's a really good question, though, Roger, because um, I've been asked that before. Yeah, well, you've got you, you've known people who've got very rich builders who've got yeah. very rich builders who've built their own houses and done very yeah. well on it. It's a unique opportunity for people who say haven't got the best education in the world. You know, they're not great academically, but have been able to make a fantastic living just yeah. by what they can do, their talents and their, their yeah. by their hands. But yeah. but I, you know, none of my kids are in here in the yeah. building industry. They don't show any signs of wanting to join it and in a way it pains me to say but I'm not that sorry but if uh, I did if I did have a son and he showed interest in the building trade I'd try to get him to do something like engineering mm, or really? architecture something yeah, like that oh, with a view to doing a bit of trade stuff as well on the side really? because I just think that you get him to join the dark side would you yeah Arch- I would. architects I think that, well I don't know many architects that are poor to be fair <laughs> that's it he rests his case there okay so that's a good place to end this podcast we're going to have more coming up in the future let us know what you think because if we're not if we're you know preaching to the converted or the deaf or whatever we'd like to know all right see you again soon yeah thanks for joining us